What is up, everyone? My name is Adnan Shafi, and welcome to another episode of Pariah Nation. This is going to be the last episode of this season, and we have a very special guest. His name is Ibi Osman. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Um, yeah, so I'm Ibi Osman. Um, I'm 19 years of age. I'm in my first year of university. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, just tell us a bit more about what you do outside of university and give us a bit of background, because I know that you're part of um, this is the commercial Children's Commission for Wales. You're an yeah, advisor. So, yeah, so... Um, Going back 2013, 2014, um, my interest for um, politics really sparked that point. Um, that was due to teachers seeing the potential that I had, um, the passion I had, um, and you know, supported me in getting me these opportunities that I, I, I now um, I'm involved in. So back in high school, um, there was a lot of stigma and stereotyping around mental health um, and around um, Islamophobia mm. and not not many people having the knowledge and experience in that field. Yeah. Um, I've taken an, an integral role um, to ensure um, that these two main issues that a lot of young people were expressing was addressed. Um, and I did it in a capacity as head boy um, mm. and part of the school council. And th- th- and this was opportunities that were provided to me because of um, my passion, because of my determination, and because I've invested a lot of time um, in in these areas to to really find solutions for them. And I was grateful to the level of support and uh, mentoring that the school that I, I was studying at provided me with. So during my time as head boy and uh, in the school council, I worked collaboratively with many different individuals from all different ethnic backgrounds to find the solutions for why mental health was such a big issue hmm. and, and what was the cause of it and how, what was the outcome we were looking for. And the outcome we were looking for was to, to um, reduce the, the stigma and the stereotyping hmm. that, yeah. that comes with mental health and to look at um, raising awareness on, on Islamophobia and why people um, feel they need to be scared of such a peaceful religion, mm. you know? And I, I, I spent a few years um, working on these projects um, and seeing the positive outcomes that it was playing. The, uh, then, um, I, uh, because I was very active on Twitter, I, I was recommended to apply for a, a, an opportunity that um, was quite of an interest to me um, in areas of policy and legislation, working as, a, um, a, as an ambassador for the Children's Commissioner mm. on, a, on the Youth <coughs> Advisory Board, um, which I did for three years, um, I'm currently still doing. Um, I enjoy it, um, I support the Children's Commissioner who represents all young people across Wales to um, look at what the key issues young people are talking about yeah. and uh, support in finding a direction that works best for all young people to kind of address these issues. Yeah. Um, whilst doing that, I um, work with Eston, um, look at um, the education system um, that's currently under review. Um, is this education system catering to the, all the needs of young people? If not, why um, and how could it? And I also work with Cardiff Youth Council, um, which is the centre um, organisation that um, 
organizations approach when they need input from young people mm. and i and i spent some time chairing such such meetings and and i was fortunate to be given such opportunities um especially because i've i've had a lot of people say to me how can a man of such um of, of color be given opportunities to go on television Whoa. programs um and to be given and this is not from a white person these are from someone who's in the bank community and quite shocked by the opportunities that i was provided with. oh so is it like yeah. more like is it more like a racist undertone underlying that or is it just like i'm shocked that yeah someone of color i'm shocked that, that someone was um of color oh wow it, it, it was given this uh, impression and i and i'm grateful for to be given the opportunity because i want to i want to um reassure all the listeners that that are out there that if you have a passion if you have an interest mm. uh, in in whatever it is be a go getter go out there and go find opportunities be um never give up because at, at any point there can be someone who gives you a helping hand to where you want to be yeah know? no i definitely agree with you and i think one major thing that a lot of people forget is like oh yeah just because someone is head boy that means that they must have you know uh, some special you know treatment or whatever or like they must be some special kind of person but people forget how nuanced the idea of life is like think about how vast every opportunity is there's sports there's medicine there's academics there's leaders in entrepreneurship and all these different things so it, you have to really look within yourself and figure out what works for you and you can and you have the capacity to be a leader within that field and I actually want to focus more on how you managed to just go from you know being in student council in school and what what actually made you first of all get want to get involved with that second of all what made you want to go into actual politics and get involved with government um so my interest um and passion is in policy and legislation so not necessarily being the politician but being the person that's behind the scenes mm. to enable the politician to be successful because i'm someone who i believe is a team player um mm. and i've always been one and will continue to be one um but my interest and spark um for politics really began when um i was someone who was very vocal in recognizing problems mm. um and being very young and naive not finding the solutions or not um expressing them in an appropriate manner and i think that's what high school enabled me to do and to to build on and to develop was the way i approach such situations and um finding solutions to problems before um, vo- vocalizing them you know mm. and if it wasn't for the for the contribution and the belief um that teachers played um then i wouldn't be here today mm. and um like it says it takes it takes uh, it takes um a whole community to raise a child mm. it, 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 it took a community to get me to where i am and um it, it's taken me a while to get there because i was someone who was quite um arrogant in thinking that my successes are because of me mm. um partly that's true but a lot of people played um yeah. a fair a fair level to that so um it takes time it mm. takes determination it takes um hard work mm. and really never giving up because i knew i had a passion i knew it was an interest it was something that i was researching reading about on a daily basis i don't really see it see it to be a career as such It's only when I went to university and I said I want to explore this further and I want to read more about it and I want to get my teeth stuck into it then I would I've been given 
countless opportunities, you know, um, and I was never um, limited to, to such. I went to Geneva, um, mm. I went to um, Brussels, I went to Stuttgart, um, I went to the House Commons up in London, I went to number 10 Downing Street. And if it wasn't for um, the organisations which I sit and represent in, and the mentoring and guidance that I was uh, that was on offer that I've took up that I've took um, use of, then I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to mm. say I've I've done stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's first of all congratulations. Not many people get that chance to go there. Thank you very much. And I feel like as a leader, you're kind of wrestling with with two different opposing things. It's like first of all, you've been given a lot of power, right? or you're being given a lot of opportunity, right? And that on that one hand, you have something like arrogance or you have pride. And on the other hand, you have humility because at the end of the day, you realize that as a leader, people don't work for you, but rather you're working for the people who you're serving, right? So that's the idea of servant leadership. And like, I just want to ask you, like, have what, what parts of your personality have you had to wrestle with? Is there a time where you had to sit back and say, actually, you know, damn, I'm being too arrogant. Am I acting like I know everything? Do I need to be um, more humble? What do you think? I think th there was definitely times of that. But I think I connected um, with people who was able to be in a position where they can say to me, um, Ibi, we need to stay humble. Ibi, we're mm. getting off track here. Um, and, and I'm grateful for, for that. Um, for the men, um, mentoring that was provided to me and to be obviously to be around such supporting people and people who are able to you know be honest with me and to build such a professional and, and also a personal relationship as well mm. and to build that level of trust were, to me was very important because if you're not around right people if you're not around the right people for you then those are the people that's not going to make you successful and if you're yeah. around good people and people you can be that can be honest and trust um that you can trust and they can trust you then you will go far in life yeah and i think and that's what i've started to recognize sorry no no sorry actually you finish off finish yeah off. karen yeah. yeah so um i think when i when i talk to most people especially young people that are rising up in in the leadership uh sort of arena i tell them that if you're the spot if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room or if you feel like you're the best in the room in something, then you're in the wrong room. You need to find people who are not just going to gas you up when you need to be gassed up, but people who are going to check you when you're wrong, right? Like, I've also experienced something as uh, I used to be the chairman of my student government, and I felt as if, you know, you had so much power, you had, like, a money, you had budget and everything, you had people that were literally, like, you know, just working for you. And then sometimes you just get a bit arrogant and you say that this is probably the way I should be doing things. And then you realize that, you know, you have other people in government who are like strong figures. You're no longer just the smartest kid yeah. in school. Like so I always tell people, challenge yourself, surround you, yourself with people who are able to check you. And like, I feel like what you've just said about mentorship, it's yeah. so important. And actually speaking on mentorship, like who was your first mentor? Uh, how was that mentorship process like? How did you find a mentor? So, um, I grew up in a very tight neighborhood. Um, and that neighborhood provided um, after-school clubs, um, mm. such as homework club, um, day trips, day out. Um, and for that, I think the tutors that were there were the f one of the first individuals mm. to play 
um, the mentoring figure as such. But as time gone on, there were other individuals like Abi Abdi, Ali Abdi, um, head mm-hmm. teachers in my the, um, um, form tutors, um, mm-hmm. classroom teachers. They all played an active role. I, there's not one person I would personally want to give um, full gratitude to. They all mm-hmm. played, and they all they all played um, an integral um, role mm-hmm. in my successes, shall I say? Yeah, no, I think, and they would be, and they were there in the ups and downs, you know, um, mm. when reality, um, when I had to have a reality check, um, <laughs> about yeah. um, being far too ambitious, um, and really isn't re- um, realistic to take such approach. Um, they were there to recognize that and support me through that, and able to, you know, um, help me change my way of thinking and mm. become a very real, uh, um reflective um mm. rea- reflective thinker because um for something to work you need to um implement it you need to evaluate it and you need to reflect on it and then mm. so you don't make the same mistakes you did in the in the, in the past you know yeah i think it's an underrated mentality as yeah. a leader people just think that oh yeah you do you do you stuff and everything and like what what i always use as an analogy like my other teacher told me about this is like think of yourself as a dolphin, right? Um, you're basically going underwater, right, as a leader. This is you doing your work and everything. Every once in a while, you have to come back up and see what's going on, like to see your direction and everything. And if you just go underneath and you stay there for too long, you're going to end up getting lost. So I feel like, yeah, like leadership is a lot about reflection, especially not just on yourself, but on your decisions. And looking back and thinking, actually, did I make the right call? And like, actually, describe one moment where as a leader, you had to make a decision on behalf of a group of people that people didn't like, but you know in the end it was the best decision. An example? Oh, yeah. <laughs> an interview. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, part of my role on Cardiff Youth Council, I was responsible for the funding and the grants that was given to us and mm. find um, useful um, organisations or charities that would best benefit from it. Um, there was a panel um, of very experienced individuals that was at my age who, you know, mm-hmm. I would I would ultimately respect and value every individual of on their import. But ultimately, as the chair, the decision was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I ch- um, so on this occasion, the meeting was chaired by uh, a, a different individual. Um, I sat as the observer. And mm. partly to me making the final decision, I wanted to get everyone's views. Um, listening to all the individual views and um, then at the end summarising the benefits and the drawbacks um, of each individual's decision, I ultimately reached the decision. Um, I first thanked the panel mm. for the time um, and the import and told them how it was appreciated. And um, I went and told them um, that I considered an alternative organisation that wasn't in the bidding prior mm. to it and the reason mm. behind it and um, after working with them to understand um, and evaluate um, the reason behind my decision and then to reflect on the benefits of this organisation can have long term because of it being self-sustainable and independently run 
and they began to you know accept my decision and then mm. we could have moved on and i think that was uh, the best of best practice of collaborative working mm. and um working with people who in a cohesive in safe and um professional environment yeah i think first of all yeah like as a leader i can imagine the immense pressure that you must yeah. have been under and i can i can totally relate i mean being a leader isn't easy Absolutely. and i tell people that the best leaders are i mean yeah this is how you should gauge whether or not you're the best leader right everyone in your community should hate you equally yeah right <laughs> so no one's going to like love you like you know if if one group loves you and the other group hates you that means that there's a discrepancy you're favoring one group over another yeah. but if everyone hates you equally and i don't say love for a reason yeah. right it's like most people they find the faults in leaders and not really like the good things yeah. so if everyone hates you equally then you're a great leader Absolutely. what do you think <laughs> i mean what's been your experience because mine's probably been very different um i think hate is a is a very big word to use <laughs> yeah um if i would say if your team is in constant disagreement mm. um with you and they had the capacity to come with um professional um reasons to why they are in disagreement with mm. you then i think that's i think that is what makes a successful leader um mm. i think having a team that pleases you that constantly agrees with you mm. and that has the same way of thinking as you do will never make you successful because in the time of need where you would have to make tough decisions and you would need the support and the backing of your team they won't be there to provide you with mm. that you know and um they won't be as credible as you need them to be or accountable as such so i think you need people who are independent thinkers mm. um people who can adapt and um adapt the way of thinking um who can be reflective who can be evaluative um and who can also be um independent but also a team player is someone you look for and these are these are not just qualities that I'm just dishing out just yeah that's sorry dishing out but these are very important qualities and not everyone have these qualities the, some would display some of them and it's about mm. getting the best people in the best positions you know people who are comfortable and that people who are comfortable in such um roles but is always learning if you know mm. what i mean is always developing yeah um um not not having someone who's constantly um comfortable in a role that they know it so well that they can do it um mm-hmm. whilst they're sleeping or yeah. um you know know what's going to happen every day and it, and those types of people could be beneficial to you for a short period of time but long term they won't be you know mm. because you need the leader should have the vision and then the team should be operational to mm. be able to adapt to that vision and yeah. you know to find new ways of implementing that vision you know yeah i think leadership if you asked me right um sometimes you can have a good leader and a terrible team as in like this no yeah. operational you know capacity that But then sometimes they have a really good team but the leader just has no vision as you said it. So I feel like obviously you have to really find a balance and ask yourself like I think I personally you know? believe you are far better in having a good team 
than having a good leader. Yeah, I agree with you. Because the leader can be easily replaced. Yeah. The team cannot be really accepted. And that's the problem. It's like a lot and of the people team aren't be, honest. Yeah, yeah, and the team would be able to adapt to the way the leader is thinking as such and support yeah. him to develop and grow in the role, you know, and guide him where necessary. But mm-hmm. not, um, not if the... The leader is good and the team is bad because that there would be many challenges <laughs> and obstacles and yeah. barriers in the way of him being successful. Yeah, I feel like um, just going back to that previous point, you talked about the team being a good team and being operational. I think it's a really important thing that people realize that as a leader, that just because you're a leader now doesn't mean that you're going to be there permanently. And it shouldn't be that way. I don't think so. Because I think in different capacities, some leaders just aren't good at certain things. And it comes down to you having that self-realization and seeing that as a leader, this is my department, right? Obviously, like if you're if you're chairing, like let's say a meeting, obviously that's probably where the leader comes in. And like if you have a specific vision and you're the one who's crafted that vision, sure. But when it comes to something that you have absolutely no knowledge about, don't try and BS. Otherwise you're gonna look like an idiot and you're going to be doing a disservice to your team. So I think like as a leader, you actually have to know and step down. And for you, when do you think, did you ever have to step down at one moment and say, actually, someone else take the lead? Yeah. So when I first came into a specific role, I'm not going to name it for the purposes of this video, but um, <laughs> yeah. my, my my previous predecessor was in the role for five years. Oh, wow. And in the time he was in that role, from what I interpret, there wasn't many changes. I think mm. he was far too comfortable with the level of, earning he was getting and mm. um it made him seem good to have that mm. to have that um on his for example linkedin or cv or etc um and never really contributed to the level that you'd expect of the leader i turned around and would have declined the offer if it wasn't for 12 to 18 months position and after mm. 13 months, I knew that that's the level of difference that I can make in the role. And then it was time for me to find mm. the, my find the, my six, um, six, um, successor, successor yeah. sorry, my successor. And f- 14 months into the role, my successor was in the role and I was able to support him for another three weeks before I stepped down. Yeah. And I think that was better than having someone else in the role for another three and a half years more and not really making a difference. Yeah, no, hats off to you because I think being a leader, as, as I've said, it comes down to a lot of humility and just being truthful to yourself. And I think that skill mm-hmm. takes time to learn. It's not, yeah. it's not a skill that you can easily have. It, it, you, you have to, you know, develop it and grow in it grow in that skill. I think that applies to every skill in general. I think Absolutely. it's an important it's an important skill to know when something is in your department. But again, I also like to stress this leadership is all about nuance and it's all about balance. Like you you definitely find situations whereby you're not good at something, but you have to learn on the job. Right? If you're not if you're the chairman of student government for example, you have to learn how to manage budgets. It doesn't mean that you should leave your role, but like it's up to you to learn up on that. And I think the best of leaders are the best at I mean, they're the ones that can learn the fastest yeah. and also the ones that can also be honest with themselves to know that this is completely like, there's no way you can learn it in this amount of time. And yeah. I salute you for like, you know, stepping back. Thank you. Because uh, 
I'll give an example. A lot of African leaders today, when their time is up, you know, they, yeah. they, they finish the terms constitutionally, but they're like, nah, I'm going to stay for another 10, 20 yeah. years, you know? What's your opinion on, like, you know, that sort of climate? Yeah. Um, we live in a democratic society. I think when an individual is voted in for a term and he does that term, hopefully he does it successfully and is able to be proud of the achievements he has achieved um, and then he's able to, you know, find his successor mm. in that period or support someone to develop the skills that he ha- the positive skills and attributes that he displays and share that with someone and you know develop that individual and then step down i think mm. should be i think no one should be and should should lead for more than five years i think leading up for mm. more than five years is not healthy for your ego or mm, for, yeah. the, for the environment you're in or for um individuals who are looking for professional development you know yeah i think unless you're i mean it's very rare to find an individual who won't have their ego stroked yeah. by for me a maximum term. yeah three years is enough three years is enough yeah. to make a to make um three years is enough to make um to do what you want to achieve and then the the, the fourth year look around and find a suitable credible accountable candidate for the role yeah yeah and i think Honestly, like when it comes down to, to that sort of department of leadership, again, it just comes down to you need to know when your time is up. And like you need to be comfortable with the idea of not being, yeah, first of all, actually, rule number one of leadership, don't get too attached to power because power is there for a reason. It's not yeah. that to make you feel good. It's there to, make, to help you make change. Like, have you ever had to deal with some sort of struggle with power? Did you ever yeah. feel like your ego was I don't think I, I, in, in, in rules of leadership, I've never... I, I was under the mentality that I don't have the power, mm. and that the team around me, collaboratively working, has the power. You know, one man should not make a decision on his mm. own because that's not going to be a good decision. Mm. He should therefore be comfortable to seek the input of individuals that's around him. Mm. That's senior to that senior that's a senior level, and that that he manages and he line manages yeah. because it's, it's important to always get the views of others before making a before making a critical decision not all, all not all decisions need to go yeah. through the team because that would then be wasting time you know and wasting resources but critical decisions that's going to have a massive impact on individuals you know yeah yeah and yeah, no, i think for me i'm just going to be straight up like on my leadership journey there's times where i felt like i knew better than most people yeah. And I, I felt like I had that executive power. And I said, actually, yeah. I'm going to use my executive decision because I have the power as a leader to do that. And I think that started to border, like, you know, abuse of power in yeah. some instances. So from my personal experience, and I'm glad that I've been able to track back and realize that that happened, is that you need to realize that, yeah, get rid of that perception of power. It's not there to make you feel good. It's not there to, to boost your ego. It's there for a reason. You're supposed to use it appropriately. And you should respect and value the opinions of your team. Because at the end of the day, that idea is functioning with the team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, anything else you wanted to add on that point? No. Um, do you have any more questions? Yeah, no, I think we'll, we'll probably just do a last couple of few. Um, and then we'll, we'll close off. But okay. yeah, we'll just start talking about, again, mentorship. I think, um, first of all, when it comes down to youth in today's uh, world, like, we need to just sort of realize that we also have responsibility. 
First of all, you're 18, I'm guessing, right? Uh, 19. You're ni- <laughs> 19. Sorry, guys. Yeah, but you're 19, yeah. right? And like you're, you're getting involved in all of these different things. I think people feel limited by age, and I want to discourage them yeah. from doing that. Like, just describe, I mean, do people ever be like, you know, oh, you're 19, you have no right to be, you know, telling me what to do. Does that ever happen? Is that when people I, look down on you? Um, not necessarily, I think. Um because I'm someone of capacity, I'm someone able to make rational decisions um, mm. in the roles that I do, and I portray myself to be someone of uh, that someone in a profession in in somewhat in a professional capacity. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anyone really looks down at me. But what I tend to do is I offer advice not only to my siblings but members of the community, especially mm. from the Bain community, who you know, who. Is doing well. In, who's doing well in school and in, in, in the religious studies, etc. Mm. But really, don't have any aspirations or um, goals or aims in life. You know, and just in it to do it, really, and yeah. not looking far um, than um, high school. Um, and don't know what they want to do for A levels or the degree. And it's about you know finding that spark and that passion in the individuals, so they can work ten times harder for their goals. I was speaking to an individual who was interested in politics and quite knowledgeable in it, mm. but thought being a politician because of his colour isn't realistic, you know? And I said to him, that is something he needs to mm. quickly change and adapt his way of thinking because anyone can get to where they, anyone can get to what the, where they want to be. It's just how much effort and time would you put into it? Yeah, no, I respect Which I that. think is very important. Yeah, I, I read that for sure because it becomes a it becomes a, a vicious cycle of like you know we don't have enough black people in power, then all of a sudden you know the youth who are meant to be leading us and, and taking think, charge yeah. and I think are the ones who get into we do, who say that they can't get into power because they're black. Yeah, and so, I think yeah. they've grew up in, in a society where don't aim too high because if you aim too high, your stretching your limits, your confidence yeah. can be broken. You know, mm. and um and I think. Um, that's quite concerning that young people have to be in a position where they have to think that you know um, put a limit on their potential and I, I I, for one if an individual was to express that I would for one would turn around and be like listen um, stop what you're doing um, wh- what do you want to do what do you want to do in life and um, why do you want to do it and how can you do it and then work towards that, you know? Regardless of skin colour. Yeah, regardless anything. of skin colour, regardless of obstacles and barriers in the way, and whether even if you're, you're, you're from the black ethnic minority um, uh, background, or if you're from a deprived area in Cardiff, or whether you're, you're potentially living in um, um, borderline poverty, forget all that. Um, how would you achieve it? Why do you want to achieve it? And um, how can you... Uh, and and work towards that goal, you know, mm. and push yourself to your limits, really, not mm. the limits you set yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I, I do agree with that. And like, yeah, it just comes down like a lot of people just don't underestimate your capacity because at the end of the day, it's hard work that beats talent yeah. every single day. Absolutely. And like, as we move into the last part, this is probably just going to be the last theme that I focus on. Um, this is just my two cents as we close on off the podcast. Yeah. Um, I think as as like the as we're getting into the older version of the youth, I'd say, as, we, as we're on our way, we need to give encouragement to the people who are coming before us and that. let them know that they actually have a place. They're taking the baton on from us. And they need to realize that their journey doesn't start when they're 18. Yeah. It doesn't start when they're working. 
your leadership journey starts when you're like whenever you're born whenever like after that when when you start learning how to think and you know you're thinking about okay what you want to be that's when your leadership journey starts it starts with experimentation yeah. you know what are, what are your thoughts um absolutely um don't just be in it for yourself you know once you you know reached an, a level where you're proud of and um you're in a position where you can help someone mm. you know whether that's your brother your sister your cousin your nephew um, a neighbor or a member from the community who is aspiring to be to the level you are currently in then give them a helping hand you know mm. because um in the long term there's a lot of benefits in that not as a, um you get good deeds um and mm. also you're 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 playing an, a part in someone's success and, and and that's the main thing really you know yeah definitely i agree yeah. with you if you guys find you're in a position of privilege regardless of how small that privilege is i'd say that you definitely need to learn that you have to help people anyways thank you so much no, thank you very much coming to the podcast i really appreciate it um and i just want to thank all the listeners that's listening to the podcast because you talk about such relevant and um important topics which i think a lot of people should take a moment to reflect and if, uh, think about and you know um if you want to come onto the podcast and you're yeah, interested give my friend a dm and he'll, <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll welcome you on yeah. Open hands. yeah thank you again so much like this has been the last episode that we're going to do as of entrepreneurship and leadership for now our next season is going to be focusing mainly on the issues affecting the youth so the first topic we're going to be talking about is meninism if it should be a movement if you know we should also lobby for men's rights or if for some people that's an unwelcoming idea it's a very uncomfortable conversation that we need to start having anyways thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you so much for again like 43 and we actually surpassed 141 plays on our podcast mashallah so thank you guys so much i love you guys and i'll see you next time